Hey there, are you a happiness seeker? Have you survived trauma and pain? And are you ready to heal and transform? Then stay tuned. You are listening to the Open to Happiness podcast, and I am your host, Nicoleta. Let's see today how is the trauma impacting our fourth part of the self, our social persona. So what is the social persona now? The social persona is the mediator between your internal and the external world. It's how you carry yourself, your three parts of yourself, your three main parts of yourself into the outer world. Your social persona is your personality. It's your false sense of identity. It's the result of the education and domestication, and it's how you show up in the world. Your social persona is created by the many labels that are placed on you, by your name, your gender, your race, your nationality, your ethnicity, and your many roles that you have in life. Someone's son, daughter, sister, brother, mother, father, niece, nephew, cousin, friend, neighbor, workmate, boss, client, customer, uh, patient, and so on. I am talking about your roles in relation to others, but also the roles that you play, the roles of this character that, that you are in the global play of the world, in this global play called humanity. because. You do not show up as the way you want, but as the way you think it is acceptable, the way the society is teaching you to, to, to behave and think according to the social norms that we will share. And you might think perhaps that this is you, the true you, but I will dare to challenge you just a little bit in the same way I was challenged myself in the past, because if you would speak to me this way uh, two decades ago, I would say, that's outrageous. As a clinical psychologist working in hospitals and following the medical model and taking people through evaluations, assessments and diagnosis and treatment plans, I was very set in my beliefs. I was convinced that we are born with a personality. And I follow the genetic inheritance theories. And I spent years doing psychometric testing. I used to dream at night the, the big five personality tests or the MBTI, the Myers-Briggs type indicator. And I would look at people and, and try to assess if they are introverts or extroverts, if they are connecting to the world through their physicality and senses or through their intuition. I would check if people would be more thinkers or feelers or if they are inclined to, to engage with the world through their intellect or through their perception. You know, I would observe their level of openness and conscientiousness and, and neuroticism and so on. And then when the results didn't match, gosh, that would bring me sleepless nights. Today, I look back at those times and I look back at that earlier version of me and I smile because that wasn't my true self. I have wasted so much time just to find a very subjective result, like a personality test. 
And it wasn't me. It was my personality doing it. It was my social persona. So if you're wondering what on earth am I talking about, that was my programmed self. It was my programmed self doing that work. It was me, the one I, I was, you know, I have been educated. I have been brainwashed, indoctrinated, domesticated to perform in that role. I was the clinical psychologist. It was my personality. It was me. It was the clinical psychologist doing such important work. Imagine my grandiosity when I was in my early 30s. I was young and I didn't know any better. But in time, I have learned many valuable lessons. So today, I see personality not as who you really are, but who you were programmed to be. That person that needed to function within a social world, that person that had to be your best you at that time, that person that had to adapt and adjust continuously to respond to the demands of the world. The social persona or the personality is that tidy, collected, suppressed you. That you that you show out in the world, you show up to the world. Even in times when you are not well inside, when you are boiling, when you feel like screaming, in times when you're so low inside of you or so pissed off with life, with people, with everything, that you feel like giving up, yet you don't do it. You don't allow yourself to do it. You don't allow your true self to take control, to come at the surface of your actions because you are too concerned with what other people think of you. You care a lot about what the world expects from you, what others expect from you. And you sometimes completely disregard your true needs, your true wants, your true wishes. This is your personality, your false sense of identity. So let's first see how the personality is formed and why do we choose to be other than we truly are? And then let's explore the impact of trauma on our self, on our social persona. And how can we really heal our true identity from this false sense of who we are? In my learnings, you are not born with a personality. You develop one as an adaptive response to life. Personality is your specific thinking and behavior which was conditioned by your family, by the school, by the culture around you. That's your personality. And everyone would really understand that if you develop in, a, in a, an affluent country and you get nourished and you get all your needs or some, most of your needs met, that's a completely different scenario comparing to someone growing up in Yemen or in Ukraine at this time or in Congo, in places where that's a very troubled you know, environment. It's, it's war, it's danger, it's unsettling structures and, 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 and it's not pleasant to be there, right? So people born in these different worlds would naturally develop a different type of personality. I consider personality originating in your life script. 
in that story that was given to you before you were born. Because until you became an adult, you did not have a choice in terms of what you were learning and what you were experiencing as a child. But once you become an adult, and hear me here, well, this is a different story because right now you have the choice. You have the choice and you can become whoever you wish to be. The only barriers that are in you right now are the barriers that you still allow to function in your mind, are the only limitations that you want to set for yourself or you allow to still be within you. Let's now talk about the difference between your true identity and your false identity, which is your personality. Because the closer the gap between these two, the happier you would be. The more you show up like yourself, the, the happiest you are. And the greater the gap between your true self and your personality, you, the more misaligned you are and the more unhappy you become. Because you're not really where you want to be. So what creates the gap between your true self and your social persona or the personality? Let me share this with you, what's been in my learning. When you were born, you came out as your true authentic self. You were accepted and loved and cherished. And everyone would come up and would play with you. They would laugh. You know, every time you would make a little giggle or you, you made some sounds or you, whatever actions you made, even if they were stupid noises, people would just applaud you. You know, they, they would be just amazed by that. But then after a while, things started to change. Your parents started to educate you and they transformed you into the person that you, they thought you should be, how they thought you should become. This is exactly what they gave you. And sometimes, perhaps in your case, it, it happened a little bit. In my case as a parent, their unfulfilled dreams were projected onto you. I did carry a lot of guilt and I still struggle to release some of my guilt and shame around the pressure that I put on my own son. I took him for piano lessons at three. I taught him to write and read at three. That was unnecessary. I mean, it didn't help him uh, at all. He could have done it with, you know, with his peers at the right time. But why did I do it? I was in my early 20s. I was a kid myself. I was so naive and so ignorant and so programmed by this world to, to reach performance. I was clearly a very unconscious parent. And I'm still working, as I'm talking today in my 50s, I'm still working to resolve the effect of that trauma on my son, who's in his early 30s. So this is not easy. This is not a joke. This is serious. When parents try to change their children, when parents try to change us, just because we're not accepted the way we are in our beings, we develop this social persona, which is far from our authentic self very often. We get squashed, squashed in our being. And this is very traumatic. And all parts of us suffer. Our body suffers. Our mind suffers. Our soul, our heart suffers. They suffer because of this pushing and molding. And our entire well-being in our wholeness is challenged. And as a result, 
our attachment with our parents and caregivers starts to be severely affected. I love the perspective of Gabor Mate's um, on uh, authenticity versus attachment because it explains to me something that I've seen happening in the therapy room a lot and it happened in my life as well. And in the lives of the people I see in my private social life as well. It's this process of this domestication, we call it, or um, Don Miguel Ruiz calls it in his The Four Agreement book which I feel it speaks to me and to many of us. It's this process when we give up our authenticity for the sake of attachment. In other words, it makes so much sense to me. In order to be loved and accepted and belong to that family, be part of that family, feel accepted, you need to change yourself. You squash yourself. You, you, you give up who you are just because you want to feel, you know, that you, you are attached to people. And this is, in a way, an abandonment of self. It's when your true needs are not accepted. Your, your true ways of expressing yourself, of being in the world, are not accepted. So in order to be loved by your parents and accepted by them, you change yourself. You become someone that you're not just to please them. And this is a disconnection from the self. It's that disconnection from the self that I discussed more in more detail last time when I spoke about the impact of trauma on our soul. So you may want to go back and revisit that because we disconnect from our true selves and, and we become these personalities that are demanded by the world. And this process is in itself very traumatic. So no wonder that so many people struggle in their mental health in the world. How can you be happy if you are not encouraged or accepted to be your true self? How can you be happy if people expect you to be more like them or more like what they consider to be the norm or to be accepted in that current time? This creates a fragmentation in the self. And the process of healing needs to start exactly here with you walking the journey back from this connection back into connection. That's the healing journey that I'm actually <laughs> experiencing myself throughout my life. And I'm, I'm guiding people to, to connect with in the therapy room. It's how you get back in touch with your wholeness. And this is how you recover from this trauma that has been exerted on your true identity whilst they were creating this social persona, this personality. This is how you're healing from the trauma of your social persona. Because social persona was just an adaptation to the world. And in order to recover, you must come back to your true self. You must start your journey of self-discovery, healing, and personal growth. That's how you come back to your true self. That's how you get to know your true self, to really connect with what is true and what is false in you and discover who you really are beyond your name, beyond your gender, beyond your race, nationality, ethnicity, beyond your roles. You discover who you truly are beyond your education and your titles and your professional and social status and so on. That's when you understand your origins. What happened to you? What happened? What shaped this person? 
that you are today. And trust me, when you gain that understanding, that's such a massive step in your self-development. It's just unbelievable what's happening because you will then accept, you will then accept your inheritance without wishing that you would be different. Your parents would be different. Your circumstances, your family circumstances would be different. You just surrender to the fact that some aspects of your being, some aspects of your life simply cannot be changed. Yeah, like the times you were born in, like the, the place you came on, like the location, like your social class, your family, and so on. There's a lot that you can't actually change. So when that happens, you realize that you can only change what's in your control and you work to extract meaning from that pain and see what you can actually change to learn some lessons, valuable lessons that you can take with you through life. Lessons that arise from your experience, from your lived experience, naturally from your ancestral experience, because you come from these people and you have their genes, you have their memory. It's in you. But these learnings, you see, they bring awareness and they change the way you look at your family, at your ancestry as well. And, and that helps you forgive. That helps you release the pain, this luggage of pain that you carry with you. So you can heal from the deceit of this world, from the, the grief of losing a different kind of existence that you could have had. And this is the healing that you need. They will help you transform into the person that you wish to be. Because the personality, as I'm writing in my book, can be either an accidental happening or an intentional choice. It's an intentional choice that you can decide to make. In this book that I'm writing, I talk about the concept of continual personality theory. The continuum personality theory explains that you are not born with specific qualities and abilities, that you are, in fact, a blank creation, let's put it this way, a blank creation that is in development. And you can choose to be one thing or another. And I've learned in time that you're not someone rigid, defined by a test like MBTI or another. You are actually an infinite possibility of human creation and unfolding. And you can choose to connect with your power, the power of choice. And you can choose to not connect with that. It's still a choice. Remember Thich Nhat Hanh's poem, Call Me By My True Name. If you're not familiar with this, just Google it. And it's a beautiful read. We are both the killer and the victim in this world, in our lives. You know, the potential for humanity and genocide is in every single one of us. And we choose to position ourselves any way we want on this continuum of experience. We can be kind or even we can be loving or, or hating. We can be altruistic or greedy. We can be peaceful or angry. We can be compassionate or judgmental. We can be tolerant or impatient. Anything in between. In psychology, we identified to date 4,000 qualities and traits. We call them personality traits. But they are not given. They are not set. You can choose to be one or the other. 
polarized or something in between. The human nature defines the boundaries of your being. This is where you start and this is where you end. Or better said, this is where you can start and this is where you can end. That's a possibility. It's not a given. It's your choice to move on this continuum of experience and be anything you want. You can be flexible. You can be supple. You can bend. You can change. You can transform if you wish. That's your choice. That's the choice that you're making every second of your life. You can live your life by default. Letting others, uh, like your less conscious mind, like your nervous autonomic system, drive your life with you in the back seat, with your eyes closed, missing life. Or you learn to be present. You learn to develop a mindful ritual and you experience life from a place of conscious awareness. Because from that place, you can be your true self. You don't care much about other people's expectations of you if they are against your true nature, your authentic self. You learn to say no to others from that place of conscious awareness and you can say a big yes to yourself. Not a selfish big yes, but a yes where you approve yourself. You allow yourself to be. From that place of conscious awareness, and this is how you're healing, you do not live for others. You live for yourself. You cleanse your mind and your memory from unhealthy core beliefs, and you strip yourself from what is wild and unreal in you. Then you show up to yourself and to the world exactly the way you are. And then you feel that self-forgiveness. You learn to heal from the trauma of self-deceit because you've thought you're someone different that you're not, of that person that you thought you were. You, you, you heal yourself from that, from that sense of personality. And then you regain your self-confidence. You regain your self-worth and your self-esteem. And this is how you live on purpose. And this is when you're authentic. And then life gets a very different meaning. Life is rich and exciting because you removed yourself from the social persona, from the personality. And you show yourself to the world closer to who you really are, closer to who you genuinely are. And that's a good place to be, trust me. So to conclude, you are not born with a personality. You develop one in this process of education and domestication. Your personality is defined by your environment, is determined by your outer circumstances, and in time becomes the trauma exerted on your true self. The personality can be changed and adjusted to match your true self, and it is your privilege to live from your true self or not. Anyway, it's important to know that it's good for your mental health and it's necessary if you want to live a joyful life to be authentic. And ultimately, in order to heal the trauma of your social persona, of this personality and full sense of identity, you need awareness and a mindful living to let this true self, beautiful true self, to show up in the world, in, in the relationship with yourself, in your social interaction with the outer world, with everyone. So I'm encouraging you to stop living an accidental life and to be the maker to become the maker, not the spectator of your life.
That's it for today. I hope you found this helpful. Let me know your comments. Challenge me if you wish. I'm here, right here, very open to learn a bit more about these topics that I'm writing about. And don't forget to give and receive love. That's the point of this beautiful experience. And I'm going to see you next time. You have listened to the Open to Happiness podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, show us your love. Share, subscribe, or give us a review. Thank you.